It was Bobby Richardson, former second baseman for the New York Yankees, and a Baptist, I might add, who is credited with praying, Oh God, your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. Haven't you ever at some time or another wished that you could get a text or a phone call from God telling you exactly what you were supposed to do in a given situation? I have. And I dare say that anyone who has lived very long on this earth has been confronted with a choice to make. And choices can sometimes be very difficult. We have stood, as it were, in Robert Frost's yellow wood and contemplated each fork in the road, the left or the right, and looked down each as far as we could until it bent in the undergrowth, Frost says. How do we know which one to take? As a 33-year-old pastor, I had just finished my work on my Doctor of Ministries degree and anticipated continuing my nine-year tenure at a wonderful church on the outskirts of Kansas City in Liberty, Missouri. I anticipated being there many more years. There was no reason for us to leave. In fact, at a deacon's retreat, I had just affirmed that they were worried after I got my doctorate that I'd be out of there. But I told them, no, I have no plans whatsoever to leave. That's when I got a call from the Baptist Sunday School Board, as it was called then, asking me to move to Nashville and become the editor of the Deacon Magazine. Connie and I struggled with that decision. In truth, I struggled with the decision. Connie struggled with my indecision. I prayed for God to reveal his will in the matter to us. Should we stay or should we go? Finally, Lacking a clear answer, I decided that since I could not quite say no and be done with it, that we should go. So, she and I and our two children moved to Nashville. Was that God's will? Leslie Weatherhead author of a classic little book on the will of God, says we can only fully know whether something is God's will as we look in retrospect, as we look back to see how that played out. 
maturity and longer time in relationship with God has taught me that while I was praying for an answer, should we go or should we stay, God had already provided one. He was saying, I don't care. This was hard for me to accept right away because I grew up with the notion that God had every moment and movement of our lives mapped out. Well, there is some comfort in believing this. It also creates a high level of anxiety because what if I misinterpret? What if I get it wrong? Then I've missed God's will for me. One pastor I heard about said, God governs everything in our lives. And to illustrate, he referred to playing Scrabble with his wife. He believed that the seven letters he drew, it is seven, isn't it? The seven letters he drew were exactly the ones God wanted him to have. And moreover, whoever won the game was the one whom God judged was in need of encouragement. And the one who didn't, obviously, was in need of humility. My own belief is that the letters I draw are a matter of chance. And the winner is the one who is more adept at seeing word possibilities in those letters. <clears throat> Which is why I don't like to play Scrabble with Connie. <laughs> she gets encouraged. I get humbled. But in truth, many, probably even most, decisions we face... God doesn't really care. I mean, do we really think it's a matter of the Almighty's concern whether I pull in at Burger King or McDonald's? Now, God may have something to say about my order. I'm pretty sure he's telling me to lay off the fries. But nevertheless, these are decisions that God leaves to us. Those of you who are anticipating college soon, does God want you to go to UVA? Yes. <laughs> we have a clear answer. Or Virginia Tech? Yes. Or JMU? or Bridgewater, or a community college. Now, those of you who believe that God is a closet hokey have an opinion. But chances are, God allows us freedom to make such decisions based on a whole host 
of factors we take into account. We are created in the image of God with intelligence and ability to anticipate consequences. And God intends that we use those attributes in making choices that honor him and choices that will create in us productive and wholesome and happy lives. And while he leaves to us choices, it is also true that in other matters, God is very, very particular. Some things are very definitely God's will. Jesus' own example teaches us this. His temptation in the wilderness revealed Jesus' awareness of God's will for him. And in Gethsemane, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And in between those, he taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what are those things the Bible says God's will for us is? Well, during the next few weeks, we'll be looking at some of those, some things that the Bible gives us very definite direction about. And this morning, we begin at the basic level. As we read this morning in the scriptures, God desires that everyone be saved, you and I and everyone, that we be saved. And although the Apostle Paul uses salvation language when he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He also uses relational language to describe what God wills. To the Corinthians he wrote, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, we say to the world, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In Christ, our reconciliation Reconciliation occurs, our, our relationship with God is restored. That relationship that has been severed 
by our own disobedience and rebellion. That sinfulness that arises within us, each one of us. And while it is so easy for us to look at people who enter schools and shoot students and say, that person is broken, in truth, the scripture says we're all broken. We have all fallen short of God's hope and expectation for us. And we are all in need of that reconciliation. Now the word reconciliation implies, of course, an ongoing relationship. And the word relationship itself says that there's, there's contact, ongoing contact with us. Or listen to the words of Jesus himself. Recorded in John 6, verse 40. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. Now according to the Bible, we are saved from things, and we are saved Two things. The Bible says that we are saved from hell. But our focus is what we are saved to. I confess to you that there are aspects of hell that I simply don't understand. Is that okay with you? And rather than try to explain to you what I don't understand, I'm simply going to say that I trust God to take care of what we're saved from. I know that God is a God of justice and love and whatever he decides is right. But when we are saved, we are saved to abundant life, meaningful, purposeful, and wholesome life and eternal life with God. We are saved to a life that contributes and makes those around us joyful. And this is what God wills. God wants a relationship with us. He wants to reveal himself to us, to surround us and fill us with himself so that the brokenness within us can heal, so the lostness within us can find its way, so the weariness can find strength, and the hopelessness 
can find purpose. He invites you and me this very morning to come to him. And as I said in my prayer earlier in the service, we come to God that in that initial experience when we come to him acknowledging Christ to be the Son of God, the Savior of all mankind, and we, we affirm that and accept that, and we are saved. But, but we are continuing in that relationship as God calls us continually to his side. That that ongoing presence of God in the world and in us may continue to make that difference in us. We have, during Advent, affirmed that God is with us. And that being with us continues to make us his happy, joyful, productive people. But since God desires this salvation, this relationship with us, not only for those of us in this room, but for everyone, when we come to Christ and through him become adopted daughters and sons, he enlists us in the diplomatic corps, as it were, and commissions us to be ambassadors to all those who have not yet become a part of his forever family. This, too, is a part of God's will for you and for me, that we become divine agents, having received that reconciliation we share that good news with others. This is the word of God and the will of God. <laughs>